Hey, it's Greg. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Thanks for checking out Toronto today on Halloween Monday. Well, I wish I had better news on the education front in this province. We've got some tension. We've got battle lines drawn. The province says they'll push a contract through for QP workers, 55,000 of them, if they decide to go on strike later on this week. There's back-to-work legislation, and then there's, hey, here's your new contract. Two different things, neither of which are sort of done in the spirit of getting a deal done. But it has been eight or nine weeks of negotiation, and that doesn't even count all summer when there was a lot of speculation and innuendo back and forth about who wanted what. So let's have a conversation about it, how concerning it is, some of what the parties have said over the last couple days on 640 Toronto and Toronto Today. The Ford government's going to table legislation to impose a contract. That's a different story than back-to-work legislation. Impose a contract on an education sector union. The Canadian Union of Public Employees represent 55,000 people that work in Ontario schools, your schools and my schools. That's custodians, that's early child educators, clerical staff, librarians, and they gave government a notice that they would strike this Friday. This entire weekend, probably from Friday afternoon on, here's what I noticed. People scrambling, people getting anxious, people starting to get quite worried about this. And I understand it with all that we've been through, which, by the way, is not necessarily the fault of QP. It's not necessarily the fault of the Ontario government. But Ontario had schools closed longer than anybody else in Canada, longer than anybody else in North America, I believe, save for two states, New York schools were actually closed for longer um, in terms of the public realm. And compared to Europe, not even close. Europe went right ahead, pushed forward, said, we recognize what this is. We recognize what this isn't. And we're not going to close schools. You'd remember in January, a lot of um, arm waving uh, from me and from many others saying this is bonkers that we're closing schools in January. But politics sort of ruled the day politics in terms of closing them or being opposed to them or eventually reopening them and lifting many of the restrictions associated with schools. But yesterday felt like a little bit of a declaration of war on educators by the province. And at the same time, maybe a necessary one. We can't have kids out of school starting Friday. We can't go back to virtual. What a mental and emotional minefield that is. For that to end up happening. I was having a conversation with an educator over the weekend. I'm going to get to that in a couple minutes, but let you, let me update you on the latest of what's being said. And I don't think that the uh, details and the meat and potatoes of it have changed since to 10 days ago. We had Stephen Lecce on our show, the minister of education. He took the time to spend time with our audience and explain things on October the 21st. Here's some of what he said about where negotiations were. Remember also, they were going into three days of negotiations last week, and at the end of those three days, it didn't seem to leak out that any fruit was bore from that and that the you know QP union is still very much in a strike position. But this was Stephen Lecce on Toronto Today. Look, I, I want to be clear. I value these workers. They play an important role in the, in the life of a child, and I celebrate them. But when we're offering an increase of pay, two points, every year 8% over the course of the program, plus the maintenance of the best benefits, the best pensions, the sick leave, the job security, I think we've offered them something reasonable. So to your point, there's a whole bunch of rhetoric in these negotiations in the public. My point is, privately, we've got three more days of negotiating. 
Now, that's what he'd said a week ago Friday. He went on to make the case that they want to put education money back into schools themselves. Now, I'd like to see that, too. But that's not the responsibility of QP's union here. I will tell you who uh, is responsible for that after we hear the, the basis of that concept from the education minister for the province, Stephen Lecce. It just requires us to be reasonable. The current request of the union, they haven't changed anything on their end, remains very high and frankly unaffordable. And I just think if we're going to put more money in that public education, which we are, we have $600 million more million this year, I'd rather go to the classroom. I'd rather to expand tutoring, to expand mental health supports, rather than necessarily continuing to pour more money in the system. I mean, Greg, 80 cents to the dollar in education goes to compensation. I think we could put a few more bucks in the system for our kids. Okay, there are issues, certainly, with facilities. There's issues with the age of schools. If you've walked in a school, some schools are newer than others, okay? We can try and legislate um, equality, but equality, it was documented on the weekend, there was a meme running around, equality is not the same as equity. You know if you've transferred from an older school to a newer school, it's kind of great to have newer facilities. Of course it is. Now, Laura Walton, the president of QP, is going to join us about an hour and a half from now. But this is some of what she said on the weekend in terms of getting pressure applied to the union by the province. But they had to apply their own pressure in turn. This government is not feeling the pressure it needs to get a deal done. Uh, And the workers have responded and said, "Okay, we're ready to apply pressure. Walton also suggesting strongly that we're going to get to a point where there's a little bit more of a push. And Friday would have been that push to have kids out of school and potentially returning back online for classes, something no parent, no kid, no educator wanted to see. I think there's some pressures that are getting applied outside of just the workers to say to the government, listen, your re- your offer needs to come up. Now, this isn't about leaving to get a better job. This is about fighting to make the job you love better where you are. OK, and I'm all for that. But again, I'd ask the question for the last time out for QP. If your deal was so bad, if your deal is so awful and that's the characterization you seem to be going, remember who it was that signed that deal. You. You signed that deal. You negotiated that deal. And what you gave up in lump sum compensation, you took in sick days, in long-term benefits, in sick leave, in uh, short-term disability, long-term disability, job security in uncertain times. Those are the things you took. It also should be clarified that of their 55,000 workers, there are many who are not full-time. So that skews the idea that every employee is making $39,000. The conversation I had with an educator is very clear. Teachers don't need a raise. Teachers do not need a raise. But these educators do. And I agree with that. I'm open-minded about this. I'm from the education world with parents who taught in education. EAs work their tails off and they get the screws put to them. It's really important to me and I wish it would happen and it's a pipe dream. The unions of the teachers that do really well, they should be speaking out on this. They're sitting on the sidelines hoping QP gets as high a percentage as possible to apply to them. But this teacher told me, he said, I make $120,000 a year. I can't be given a 10% raise. That's insane. But someone making $23 an hour could sure use it. And his sign-off to me over the weekend, it's going to be ugly, and the timing couldn't be worse. And both things are true.